podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Fire for them, fire for them. If you're looking for that 35 bag umbrella and all damn thing there, keep it locked with this Unomics podcast. Yo, what's going on, beautiful people? Of course, you are listening to Dysonomics. I hope you're enjoying this ridiculous heat wave. Sweating in my room as I'm recording right now. Hopefully, you people have listened to last week's episode. I was joined by the great Felicia, the pensions crisis, episode 270. What, how much should we be saving depending on what age and our earnings are? For our pension, for our pension, for our pension, unless we want to be left with a massive shock when it's time to retire. So make sure you check that episode out. It's super, super interesting and also fundamental for our future. Make sure you check that out. Anyway, um, some interesting news on my Instagram page, which goes by Dysonomics. Shocking. Every day, well, every weekday, if you check your phone just before you go to bed, you should see a news update in 60 seconds real form and i'll put it on tiktok as well so instagram tiktok dysonomics get your latest news in 60 seconds so you don't have to read through newspapers or go on news websites i've got your patterns so don't worry about that so check that out anyway this week's episode is building on from one of the stories that i touched on on insta midweek which is to Japan, you know, China and Taiwan, and why there's tensions there, which kind of mirror Russia and Ukraine. So we're going to get into that this week, and yeah, hope you enjoy. Hi, I it's MXM, and listen to the Dysonomics podcast because it's lit. Because it's lit. It's lit. What's going on, people? You're now locked into Dysonomics. We're talking China and Taiwan. What's going on in Taiwan? First of all, what is Taiwan? Well. Where is Taiwan? Taiwan is an island about 100 miles off the southeast coast of China. And it's near China, of course, Japan, South Korea, the Philippines, all like all these islands off the coast of China, India, blah, blah, blah. Taiwan is actually the Republic of China. And this is different from the People's Republic of China. The People's Republic of China is China as we know it. Yep, you know, the big, massive country, over a billion people, yeah, that. And Taiwan is official name is Republic of China. Taiwan, Taiwan's capital is Taipei, with over 23 million people in the country as a whole. So, of course, this looks relatively sort of China, but there's probably more people in, in Taiwan than there is in Scandinavia. Taiwan has been settled for about 25,000 years. They no longer represent China as a member of the UN ever since 1971 when the UN rep- recognised the People's uh, Republic of China as a country. So before that, Taiwan <laughs> effectively represented China. China claims that Taiwan, China claims that Taiwan is there. It's like, yo, your little bro fam, like, you're, you're, you're my, you get me? And they refuse diplomatic relations with countries that recognise the Republic of China. That, so countries that recognise Taiwan as a country China refuses diplomatic ties. And there's only 13 countries that recognise Taiwan as a country. And this is kind of similar to how Russia annexed um, parts of eastern Ukraine and recognised that as countries where the rest of the world evidently didn't. 
Taiwan is quite key economically for the world. Why is that? Well, much of the world's everyday technological equipment, from phones to laptops to watches to game consoles, are powered by computer chips. And these computer chips tend to be made in Taiwan. If you look at just one Taiwanese company, the Taiwanese Semiconductor Manufacturing Company, or TSMC, has over half of the world's market. So if shit is popping off in Taiwan, we're, we're muddied. <laughs> so with this, a Chinese takeover in Taiwan would give Beijing serious control over the world's most important, one of the, one of the world's most important industries. Now, so that's like the background to Taiwan. How about the relation with China? Taiwan first came under Chinese control in the 17th century when the Qing Dynasty ran through. I said, yeah, 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 like, you, you, you're ours now. In 1895, the Chinese ended up giving up the island to Japan after losing the first Sino-Japanese war. That tends to happen. Once you lose wars, like, man, take your territory. It's kind of like gang warfare. Do you get it? China took the island back um, in 1945 after Japan lost World War II. So after Japan got mudded, China said, you know what? I'll have that bank. Thank you very much. What's interesting is that only a few years later, a civil war erupted in China. This was between two sides, the nationalist government, Chiang Kai-shek, uh, versus the Communist Party. So Chiang Kai-shek was the... Um, the big boss of the Nationalist Party and the Communist Party, of course, was by was governed by Mao Zedong. And for those who know about Mao, he was a very brutal, brutal person. Obviously, the Communist Party won in 1949 and it took control of Beijing. Chiang Kai-shek and the rest of the National Party that still remained after getting pammed in the war fled to Taiwan, where they were in charge for the next several decades. In fact, their party that was running is still there today. China points to this part of history to say that Taiwan, Taiwan, Taiwan was originally a Chinese province, but the Taiwanese point to the same history to argue that they were never a part of modern Chinese state and they were first formed after the revolution in 1911, or the People's Republic of China was that was established under Mao in 1949. Currently, only 13 plus, plus the Vatican, 30 countries recognize Taiwan as a sovereign country. China proper slaps diplomatic pressure on other countries to not recognize Taiwan or do anything that implies recognition. Now, remember I, I went through how I did like a comparison between Ukraine and the Russian armies, although the um, Ukrainian army was a dwarf in comparison to the Russian army. Several months later, they're still fighting on. I'm gonna do the same thing here. China's actually been trying to bring about reunification by more passive means, such as strengthening economic ties, similar to Russia by trying to, by, do you know what I mean? Well, it wasn't straight up military, but for example, remember I said in the Russia-Ukraine pods, like Russia kind of put puppet ministers, tried to borrow um, Ukraine money, do you know what I mean? They've got quite a lot of Russians living in Ukraine, so they tried to integrate it that way. And it wasn't working, so they went for a full-scale invasion and it's not working too well so far. So China tried to bring back non-military measures such as like economic link-ups. But in terms of like army-wise, it's long. Only the Americans spend more on defense than the Chinese. 
So let's compare the Chinese and Taiwanese armed forces. Taiwan has about 169,000 active forces. China has over 2 million. In terms of ground forces, China has 965,000. Taiwan, 94,000. China has two, 260, quarter million, over a quarter million Navy. Taiwan, 40,000. Air Force, 395,000. Taiwan, 35. Reserves, though. China has half a million reserves. Taiwan has 1.6 million reserves. So that's not bad at all. Tanks. China has almost nine times the tanks. Almost seven times the aircraft. 12 times the submarines. Almost more than three times the naval ships. Almost five times the artillery. But Chinese forces clearly dwarf Taiwan. In an open conflict, some Western experts predict that Taiwan could at best aim to slow Chinese attack, try to prevent a shoreline by Chinese amphibious forces and mount guerrilla strikes whilst waiting for outside help. This could come with the US which sells, which sells arms to Taiwan. Shock. Diplomatically, the US sticks to a one China policy, which they only basically mean they only recognize only one Chinese government, which is Beijing. And they have formal ties with Beijing, China, rather than Taiwan. But in May, US President appeared to hardline Washington's position, asked whether the US would defend Taiwan military, and Mr. Biden said yes. And they haven't changed their position since, which is like, wait. Wait, you'll defend them, but you recognise China and you don't recognise Taiwan. That doesn't really make sense. Okay, cool. So we know the history. We know the difference between China and Taiwan in terms of forces, blah, blah, blah. So why am I even recording this podcast? What's the issue here between China and Taiwan? Well, Nancy Pelosi, who is a current speaker of the US House of Representatives, came through with a delegation from Congress. And this, ever since this delegation, things have got a bit heated. It's funny because the Taiwanese population had not only had had not been overly interested in the talk of the visit. Like international media pumped out headlines and op-eds, and but domestic news stations prioritised the local elections, heat wave, and celebrity news. In one news bulletin, Nancy Pelosi didn't even make the top half. And in some, like, and I was reading this on the BBC that some commentators bet bags of rice that she wouldn't even turn up because news of this leaked a few weeks ago. But of course she did. Um, in terms of like how people in Taiwan felt about um, the potential visit, no, the potential invasion from China, most people weren't really fussed, but this changed with the visit. News sites ran polls, which almost two thirds of... UDN's represent respondents saying the visit was destabilizing. Talk radio discussed preparation escape plans. They walked listeners through their growing anxieties. At one point, more than 300,000 people around the world were tracking um, her flight on Flight Radar 24 <laughs> before the site crashed. That's, imagine this, that this is crazy. Naturally, China condemned this visit as extremely dangerous. China's military exercise focused, and China have been running military exercises in Taiwan, in Taiwan, and they ramped it up as Nancy Pelosi was even there. And it's quite interesting because I was even talking about it maybe like a year ago or earlier on this year, where 
China were low-key provoking Taiwan by like flying planes in an area they're not meant to fly. And in this area, like when you fly planes, like if you don't, like they can shoot you down. But China's like, we're going to fly that anyway. And obviously, if Taiwan lit down the plane, what's China going to do? What? Yeah? All right, say no more. And then China has cause. Very, very spooky. Anyway, China has been conducting military exercises with live fire, by the way, and they focus on six danger zones around Taiwan, three of which overlap the island's ter territorial waters. Which is very, 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 very provocative from China. Taiwan says the move had to force ships and planes to find routes around these areas. And this obviously is a violation of our sovereignty and amounted to a blockade, which you can't deny. These rules were due to end on the 7th of August, but China continued large-scale military activities around Taiwan on the 8th of August. And ever since then, tensions have been increasing. Um, remember I said earlier, so that was 2021, I forgot I wrote it in my notes, I just said it off the top of my head, but yeah. Um, they ramped up pressure in 2021 by sending military aircraft into Taiwan's air defense zone, a self-declared area where foreign aircraft are identified, monitored and controlled in the, inter in the interest of national security. Last year, the number of aircraft reported peaked in October 2021 with 56 incursions in a single day. I remember that now. And obviously, the Taiwanese defense minister saying relations were the worst they've ever been for 40 years. And Taiwan um, made data public of, the, of these incursions in 2020 to show people that, yo, they're violating. But however, what's interesting is that research suggests that uh, many Taiwanese people are relatively untroubled. People's reason not to worry is are, are very diverse. Some say they just see it as unstoppable and it's inevitable. And some says it's, it's a futile mission bound to be resisted by Taiwan or thwarted with US help. Or some people just simply believe it's not going to happen. There's no reason to worry about it. In October 2021, the Taiwanese Public Opinion Foundation asked people whether they thought there would eventually be war with China. 64.3% replied they did not. So these people don't really see China as a threat. Separate research, though, indicates that Taiwanese people identify as Taiwan. So they embrace a completely different identity to being China. So I was looking at a graph and BBC dropped this. Um, and this is from the Election Study Center from the National Chengchi University. And this is looks at the proportion of people in Taiwan who identify as Taiwanese. They ask, do you, do you consider yourself Taiwanese, Chinese, or both? As a, over 60% see themselves as Taiwanese, which is up since 1992, which was under 50%. The amount of people that think they are both is just over 30%, but that's dropped from over 45. And if you look at the portion of people that think they're Chinese, in 1992 is about 25%. Now it's like closer to like 5%. So over the years, there's been a strong shift to identifying as Taiwanese and the connection to China evidently has reduced. So yeah, that's the gist between Taiwan and uh, it's very interesting. I don't see a military conflict in the near future. I think, I don't know, I think the fact that the borders have water <laughs> makes it less techy in the in the in terms of like 
provo- provo- provocation extending. And also, I don't feel like with Ukraine, there's certain acts that Ukraine undertook um, sovereignly, in my opinion, that somewhat provoked Russia. And I can definitely see from the Russian perspective why they see stuff as provo- provocation. So basically, Ukraine were joining the ops and ops being the West as America. Ukraine were linking up with the ops. And I understand that from Russia's perspective. Taiwan isn't really doing anything like that. Obviously, they have a connection with US, but Biden is just ramping it up. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So yeah, like obviously I'll keep you people posted with what's going on. Any topics you want me to cover or news-wise, just drop me a line. Hello at thisonomics.com, email-wise, thisonomics on Instagram, underscore nomics on Twitter, thisonomics pop on Instagram, and thisonomics on TikTok. And yeah, until next week, people, peace. Podcast Network.